Hello there. Welcome back to The Random Show, episode number 113, with I, your host, Agostino Zinger. This is Random Show, episode number 113. I think it should be 113, but if it is 113, then I do apologise. But thank you, those of you who are here, tuning into the episode, Random Show, episode number 113. Big up everybody in the stream chat, hanging in there. Big up Morgan fan. 10 minutes yeah yeah black man 10 minutes you know the vibes you know how it is i had to gather my resources to be fair i had a few technical difficulties and for some reason streamables down i think or it won't allow me to open a certain amount of tabs so i had to kind of restart everything but hey it is what it is we're here ready to go ready to stream and to pod and speak about all the lovely comedy stuff that you know that i love to speak about and you guys love to listen to okay so there it is uh big up in the stream chat big up Josie masters back so soon first i'm getting i'm too late then i'm getting i'm back so soon i don't know what to do man you guys confuse me uh, big up uj big up sean big up really streaming in here piling in on here the hundreds the thousands the millions of you who are going to be watching this after the fact i do appreciate every single one of you as per usual if you are watching this live stream and you enjoy what you see and you want to help the kid out please make sure that you're smashing the like button down below that'll be really really appreciated and of course if you're listening to this after the fact on the podcast apps which i'll get uploaded after the stream's finished and whatnot as soon as i added the timestamps then make sure that you also leave me a five star review on whatever platform you're listening that on so people can see that there's an engaged audience that loves this stuff that wants to hear more of it so if i go out there and get some filthy people to come and sponsor this philippine stream and i sell out for the dollar so i can buy myself more rick owens it will look more worthwhile because there's engagement on it so if you want to help out the kid that'll be greatly appreciated if you want to help out the kid that'll be greatly appreciated if you don't want to do it then also understand because you know asking people to do things is a bit mad but regardless moving on so um in my head there's not much to talk about but there's some stuff to talk about that i didn't speak about so i'm gonna oscillate between them so i'm gonna oscillate between some stuff that you may have seen before seven or eight days ago i know because i haven't been streaming for that long i've been away and whatnot living life so i haven't been able to keep up with loads of stuff so i do apologize so if i do go over some stuff that you've heard already then make sure that you just leave it in the background and don't pay attention to it whatever you want to do i'll just come back later but i'm going to go over some old stuff some new stuff old stuff new stuff and kind of oscillate between the two um personally for me i don't know if it's you guys are the same but when i'm when i've got youtubers i like to listen to or people i like to listen to on podcasts and stuff talk about things i don't necessarily care when they get around to talking about the thing that i want to hear them speak about i just want to hear them speak about it but i do know there's an audience of people who also get annoyed if i speak about stuff like three four five days later <laughs> i don't know personally why because i don't really give a shit but i understand why people can be like you know what this is old news move on but you know whatever like i've just got around to it now so please forgive me i'm gonna try and do my best and kind of oscillate between the both anyways moving on so quickly to get on topic there's some mad drama happening with no jumper um most of it is pretty redacted and i don't really want to get into it it basically involves some former hosts of no jumper who've now going to do their own thing and they're essentially trying to make sense of the whole fallout because i think deep down a lot of these ex no jumper hosts whether it's ad lush terrell smack duno house phone blasey yuri all these guys who left um potlord 
I think deep down they all know as much as we know as fans that that was a real dumb situation that could have been rectified and they really ruined a really good thing. They didn't need to end the way it ended. And if cooler heads would have prevailed, if Adam 22 wouldn't have been such a dickhead, if everybody would have kind of lowered their pride or put their egos to one side and just willing to just kind of talk things out and work it out, they could have. And they could have had the benefit of being able to have the no jumper bag coming in the clout you're getting from that, the exposure you get from that and doing their own thing. They didn't need to all just completely ditch the kind of quote unquote job and the employee status just to do their own thing. They could have done both at the same time. But I think for most of them, it's probably led to, the, you know, it's for the better, probably especially someone like a Terrell. I think he's probably um, gained a little bit of confidence of going out and doing on his own, back on figures, doing bits, you know, uh, Fig Mudity World, they're kind of doing bits with that as well. So clearly there's some, there's been some steam behind these guys that's been built up because of how badly they're treated on a jumper. But in general, it's all kind of, I feel like the undercurrent of it is that these guys are still trying to make sense of how such a good thing ended on such bad terms. And part of the beef, you're seeing Lush now beefing with basically everybody. Um, now it's basically come out off the back of him interviewing Crip Mac, I think. There were some issues behind him interviewing Crip Mac and allegedly um, Crip Mac's girl or not girl, Lupe, um, recommended Crip Mac to go on Lush's channel even though his channel hasn't really got any steam behind it and maybe he could have gone somewhere else to get his first post jail interview and that interview was meant to be done on Lupe's channel but then Lush put on his own channel and then he got all the props for it and all the views and all the mention and, blah, 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 and that's been an issue and then Lupe's house lit on fire and now everyone's donating but Lush didn't donate and then when he got pressed to do it he did it and he donated $50 then it came out that Lush um, may have had an issue with AD back in the day and that's why it all stemmed with the whole like oh him leaking the private conversation he had with Adam about Adam wanting to move AD on was because Adam was because AD sorry it was because Lush it's all these fucking dumb nonsense I got in my head because Lush allegedly had an issue with AD because AD might have fucked Lush's girl but we don't know who Lush's girl was and maybe it was maybe it was the former host of Flipping No Jumper that used to be on there the the girl that's black I'm not too sure her name but she left before who knows loads of madness of the issues but aside from that there's a one continuing narrative that's always kind of interesting to kind of see from the outside in because sometimes I can identify a little bit with house phone because I think I have elements of wanting to be running to being no wanting running towards the fire of being a fuck up even though I know it's gonna burn there are elements in me that I recognize there are elements in my own personality and the way I carry myself sometimes I can see in house phone a little bit right and this is a page or screenshot sorry taken from the no jumper subreddit of v2 i think someone posted on there so big up you whoever posted it and it's taken from no um, house phones instagram stories and he writes as follows update if you're waiting to get stuff you bought from um my instagram stories a couple of weeks ago dm me your address and shit again so house phone formerly of no jumper now of reconnected or is it reconnected yeah reconnected is basically telling people on Instagram stories that hey, anyone that bought stuff for me directly, cash in hand from Instagram stories, like old t shirts, I'm guessing, you know, shoes from his company, um, the, the dice, something, whatever the name is called, or whatever it may be, that he hasn't got a copy of everybody's details and addresses. He didn't make a note of it, like message him again so he knows where to send his stuff to. And this is like a typical scamming thing that all these guys do, right? Where they essentially put out these calls or people, hey, do you want to make some money? Do you want to collab, whatever, in an effort to get fans to send them money 
you know um and then they take the money pocket it and then they deliver or render services much later so whether it's delivering a verse getting to do an interview sending out merch or stuff that you've legitimately bought it always is the delay there's never like an instant easy ship it's always like you send the money you don't get anything back but with Housephone in particular, this is like a common narrative that kind of runs through his life, right? He's always kind of fucking up and never kind of following through, even with his business he's got with his shoes stuff. People seem to like these shoes. I don't necessarily am a big fan of them. I think the price tag's a bit crazy, but people seem to like them. And he can't even do right by just sending his fans shoes on time. There's always a delay. There's always something going on. And it's kind of a sign of a fuck up and a sign of like a, maybe of a drug addict type of behavior where you're always in need of like a couple of dollars, $100, $200, $500 that you can want to scam people. So it's just so you can go pick up because I guess that extra bit of money is stuff that you're not willing to take out of your company account or stuff that you're not willing to take out of your salary when it comes in, when your invoice comes in. But you want to have that little pocket change to be able to go pick up a quick eight ball or whatnot. And that's what is kind of giving me a bit of nitty kind of, you know, crack addict kind of vibes. But the reason why I wanted to highlight this is that I'm interested to know what is it about us, people from the outside, fans, friends, whatever it may be. Why is it that we always give people like this second, third, fifth, fourth, seventh opportunities? Because I feel like in life I've, 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 I've had similar occasions in my life and maybe I still do have some now where I've continually fucked up, I've continually done things that I feel like aren't representing me the best and clearly are things that people don't like, right? So you keep fucking up, you keep fucking up, you, you're going to promise you're going to do amends, you don't do amends, but for some reason people also keep giving you second, third, fourth, fifth, seven, eight, ninth ch chances, even though they know deep down at your fundamental core you're a fuck up. But I think in some walks of life, karma does come and slap you around the face real life consequences do happen and whatever good gr goodwill you had vanishes it does happen but in some cases you are lucky and you just get away with it despite how much fuck ups how much you fuck up despite how much mistakes you make how many people you disappoint somehow life rewards you if that's the right way to say it and the first person i can think about is like a dark side feel dsp Right? He's rep he's a reprehensible, horrendous, scamming, lying, cheating dude, right? But in some way, shape, or form, he's managed to construct a life for himself where he's still able to make a hundred thousand a year from a common combination of his terrible content and also kind of fleecing his fans and pretending he's always like living on a breadline when he makes enough money to support himself and his family easily. Right. And he obviously, you know, uses whatever money he has left over for like, you know, crazy gambling thing with WWE champions. But he, by all accounts, is a horrible human being. But still, for some reason, life hasn't, you know, in the way that it would to regular people. If you, if you did that in a workplace, you just would work terrible jobs until you wouldn't have any more jobs. You probably wouldn't have a wife. You probably wouldn't have a family. You maybe wouldn't even have a home. Like life, like real life kind of hits you that way. But some people, they just continually get away with it. And maybe you're kind of enabling it a little bit, like the fans of, of Housephone, like people like this, you only have yourself to blame. If you bought anything from somebody via the Instagram stories, maybe you you have yourself to blame for trusting that person to deliver on their promise to send you said items. Like you should have never, ever believed them in the first place. You should have always taken what they were saying or the promises they were making with a pinch of salt, or you should have come into it thinking, you know what, this could turn left at any occasion as well. But people don't do that. And I'm curious to know what the reason is with people 
giving fuck ups eternal fuck ups opportunity to make amends or to just fuck them over again and again and again and again like i was saying before i'm speaking on it semi-biographically from my own point of view because i feel like i've had similar type of traits so sometimes when i look at house phone i think to myself like rah man you have everything going for you you're clearly a charismatic dude you clearly have a you know are able to you know do well on camera and present content in a certain way you've got a cool fan base who ride or die for you um all that malarkey is going on but for some reason you just can't get it together so in that sense it's really strange because i think personally you know when you're the shit like you know you know when you've got something you know when you have potential you know when like if you did if you got your life in order you could get certain places but for some reason you're just unable to do it even though you know it's in your grasp you just it's not like you're like delusional you know by the evidence that you have when you put in like 10 percent, 20 percent, 50 80 percent of effort you see the fruits that you get and you feel yourself hold on if i could just commit to this life of just doing things the right way and living life that would be beneficial to me then look where i could get to but you never do that i wonder what that's about on both fronts so why do people give people that second third fifth tenth chances and why do the people themselves not just get it together because you know the fans who are willing to pay how you money for stuff over instagram stories those are your real fans those are your real ride or dies they're probably going to be there for you more than probably your own family and friends those people are really real the fact that they're willing to send their hard-earned money to you via instagram stories directly to your paypal is insane especially knowing your track record and you can't even follow through and just do them do them a solid and just give give them their stuff on time you have to post up this instagram story which essentially says i use your money as a quasi loan <laughs> right i didn't take any note of your details and i'm just gonna just use your money to buy drugs and chill out that is terrible reprehensible shit and i don't know what it is about me i guess because i've spoken to it before like as much as you guys enjoy watching my streams i'm also an actual fan like i'm in the comments i'm watching shit i'm in the forums i'm on the reddits like i'm on the discords like i'm a fan of people so when i see people fucking over their fans it really kind of irks me because it makes me think like that could be me because i'm a fan of people i love like things i love what people do cool stuff i'll let them know i'll dm them i'll send them a fucking message i'll at them on fucking social media i'll leave a comment like i'm actually engaging people so if i went as far as buying a piece of merch from you via your instagram stories and you can't even make a note of my address and send me the shit on time like and you have to make a public declaration like you're getting to it on your instagram stories again to update people i'll be so pissed off like really pissed off and i don't know why people do that like the ones nearest to them the ones actually helping them they take them for granted it's really unfortunate but anyway you know maybe have something to figure out maybe you wouldn't but the one thing that i'd always go back to is my constant sort of running thread is that i really do believe in the gospel of letting people fuck up no sorry letting people fuck up letting people fuck up i believe in the gospel of letting people fuck up honestly i'm gonna die on that hill i think this adage that everyone is gonna get it together at some point is insane some people just don't figure it out ever no matter how much resources they have how many friends around them whatever they just never figure it out and i think that's fine because they are quite entertaining to watch from afar right just spiral out of control there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever let people fuck up that's my point in contention here what people saying here um people saying a glutton for punishment yeah i agree with you just masters true um 
Sarak saying sucks when the chances run out. Exactly. Uche says if people give keep giving you chances, where's the incentive to change? Exactly. Exactly. And I honestly do think the older you get, the less likely you are to change anyway. I think in general, most people don't want to change. That's why they don't change because it's just harder to do so. If you can get away with being a douche with being or however you are, good or bad, and it doesn't actually hurt you in any real way, shape or form, why bother changing? Cool. It is what it is. Um, but I also think the idea of people are going to change at some point and the penny will drop is like, no most people don't we all know those people so in our family you know you know in our in our close family friends and shit that just never change in as it is look at logan's taking people's life savings and laughing about it why do you people do different not that i'm excusing the behavior yeah true exactly it's true no i believe you I, I agree with you like all that stuff i hate i've always hated it i think that my 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 least favorite part or my least favorite era yeah my least favorite era of like social media influencing content creation fan engagement thing was definitely the nft um you know uh crypto coin era that for me was my least favorite era because that legitimately was influencers celebrities are like essentially exploiting their fan base making money you know hand over fist themselves but knowing full well that most of their fans are going to get fleeced like that for me was the worst period and i think that was just before the pandemic everyone was doing it crypto coins nfts and flogging it to their fan bases and essentially getting people in debt getting them addicted to weird gambling and stock nonsense that doesn't make any sense and just really fucking them over financially just so they could line their pockets that for me i think is like reprehensible more so for people that are like at the top the ones that like have no excuse have way more money you know day to day they don't need to you know what's really another million from a company that does crypto gonna make you gonna really make a difference when you're already making five hundred thousand a month anywhere already easy you can make that in two months like you can't wait two months for a million to come in your account clean off your hard work you have to kind of fleece and shield your fans like nah no, i'm not for that anyway moving on so i'm sure most of you guys are, are aware of this story here in the uk about a tv presenter called philip schofield having to step down from his role at itv a tv channel we have here in the uk because of his affair with a very much with a much younger man um, at the same tv station right and it's been a really crazy story to kind of you know watch from afar because essentially philip schofield is a bit of a household name he's one of the co-hosts on this morning which is a really popular morning show here in the uk most mostly for mums and unemployed folks because it comes on you know during i think what it's this morning so it's any time between 6 a.m to 12 i guess so most people are at work around those times but it's a really popular show um you know they do cooking stuff they have segments on news they interview people it's just a typical show that you'd imagine your mum or your aunties or your aunties would be watching and stuff right so it kind of is what it is and people like it for what they like it and the chemistry between Philip Schofield and his co-host um, Willie Bolly something whatever her name is um, is really fun really cool and they've kind of had a lot of kind of viral giggly moments anyway the funny thing about this for me more so about this is that obviously it kind of paints Philip Schofield terribly because the affair with this younger man at ITV was you know has been it's been rumored that the when they first met he was 15 so even if they weren't you know romantically involved when he was that age there is an aspect to it that looks like grooming 
where maybe you know he waited until the, the kid was illegal then they got into an actual relationship or whatever maybe sexual in that way in the same way that dude 16 has been accused of doing his thing right where he kind of met this girl when she was 18 and when she was 21 that's when they got a relationship so it's not technically you know pedo shit but it's definitely on the cusp of it and it's definitely sus right? it's definitely something that you look at your friend like with a side eye the thing for me that's fascinating about this story the thing that's fascinating for me is the aspect or the idea or the potential that you could have two pedos in one family don't you find that really interesting and i've never seen that before in my life number one i think it's probably the chances and the percentile of two brothers in one family being gay is definitely super super you know low right in terms of that i'd imagine so it's probably it's probably not likely that you're going to get two siblings in one family especially the same sex who happen to be gay but then to have two siblings from the same family who are gay and who are also into yeah, kids that's also a bit wild i don't think i've seen that ever that's a really crazy part and if you're wondering what i'm talking about philip Schofield's brother only a few months ago actually not a few months ago it felt like a few months ago in may of this year right was jailed for child abuse philip Schofield's brother timothy was jailed of child abuse in the 19th of may can you imagine that so philip Schofield gets done for essentially having an affair with a much younger man at itv which i think is against the rules i think most broadcasting companies with their host they don't really allow you to have like even like consensual adult relationships where you're both single or whatever coming into it i don't think that's usually allowed they usually you know um uh, they usually go against that and i think anybody that's worked in a workplace especially in a bar or a restaurant mostly where you're contacting people where you're con or you're in contact or with your you know fellow colleagues a lot on the sh on the floor bar floor shop floor you would know it is or it is kind of annoying when two people start hooking up in the same workplace especially if they're actually in a relationship it is a bit annoying when they're fucking it can be a little bit whatever funny but when two people are actually in a relationship at workplace it can be annoying so i can definitely understand if you're a corporation broadcasting company it's probably not the best in terms of morale and professionalism and just you know vibes to have people kind of hooking up all over the place you, you probably have to put it in writing and contracts that hey this is not allowed um with, with some very you know with some exceptions here and there but all of this is not allowed but the thing that makes this interesting if i'm not mistaken the whole premise of this is that he steps down but this comes out right and then he also then reveals when it comes out that he's gay so that's what makes it extra sussy that he led a life as a, a, a supposedly a straight man when secretly he's gay but then when he does come out he only comes out because he's been exposed or maybe being blackmailed behind the scenes who knows then it comes out he had to quit and get fired because of this affair he had with a much younger man so imagine all those fucking things going on around your head um as your, if you're philip or someone in his family and then on top of that imagine the fact that his brother just recently got done for child abuse that's a really crazy thing about it that you have two brothers in one family who are both technically pedos that's pretty wild but the people that i feel the worst for are definitely the family his family sorry right his wife and his two daughters like can you imagine how that must feel the whirlwind of emotions they must be going through to number one find out that supposedly their dad is cheating on their mum 
right? And they're going through some issues they're going through as parents do. Adult shit that as a kid you can't really get involved in it, but you're disappointing your dad, you're maybe pissed off at how your mum is reacting to it. It's just gonna cause one of the issues. You're thinking, are oh, they gonna get divorced? You don't want that, da 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 da. You may be siding with one person, siding with the other, all the issues are going on. Then you find out along the way that it wasn't just like an affair, conventional one, it was with a much younger man. So definitely answer, lifts up all sorts of questions regarding your dad's sexuality. Then he comes out and admits that he's actually gay. So what has your, his relationship with your mum been this whole entire time? And then, of course, you're obviously thinking about your fucking uncle who recently just got done for being a pedo. Can you imagine what that must do? And this is something I don't think that gets highlighted enough in these sort of stories. The damage it causes for the families involved. Like, think about the victim involved in this kind of a little bit, right? The, the kid who's, I think, in his 20s or something. His family also the parents are probably going to be judged by other parents. How do you allow Philip Schofield to be around you? It wasn't clear that he was a nonce because, you know, ITV maybe protected it and knew about it. It was like a, one of the worst kept secrets around town, blah, blah, blah. That's the damaging part of it. I think about Like The people around it have to kind of suffer the consequence of it. Because I'm sure along the way, Philip Schofield is going to come out and try and paint himself as the hero and try and, you know, fly the flag of LGBTQ plus people and be like he's living his life free and he's going to make himself into a he's gonna have a cover on vanity fair talking about his sexuality he's gonna try and spin this some way right in some ridiculous you know horrible crass way in effort to kind of make himself look like the hero in this story or look at the victim in this story but the real victims are the family who had absolutely nothing to do with it and are now by proxy being dealt a horrible hand i'm sure the mentions of these young girls are fucking awful the comments are disgusting probably they probably deleted any social media they already have imagine what the mum's going through having to figure out the wife's having to figure out to get around the idea of like your love of your life the person you want to spend all life with has been living a secret life they've been secretly gay and i think most women from what i've heard speaking to women you know here and there and whatnot about certain things one of the worst nightmares the most women always have is you know their husband coming home to them and telling them not only that they're breaking up with them but that they you know that they've always been gay like that is a horrible you know thing to kind of deal with at the best of times imagine happening like this absolutely heinous so philip scope is out here stepping down from itv clearly admitting the affair let's quickly read this article here oh it's not articles on news clipping but whatever you can get the idea of what that is about there and of course the news there courtesy of the brothers of let's play a little bit actually of the sky news clip here see what they're saying we have some breaking news to bring you and that is about philip schofield the former presenter of itv's this morning program because this evening he has quit the broadcaster and that follows further allegations about his private life he has released a statement this evening he's released it to the daily mail and in it he admitted having a relationship with a younger man while he was still married and um, before he came out so let me read that statement to you so that's probably one of the worst things ever that he released a statement via the fucking daily mail that obviously proves that there's or there's there's obviously some indication that there's probably more to this story than meets the eye 
maybe there's more to the kid or to young man that he was kind of involved with maybe there's other people that he maybe have done things with that are going to also come out of the woodwork but this is a very preemptive let me get my narrative out let me also go to the most toxic of platforms in daily mail who are probably willing to put whatever they want on there and kind of get them in my favor or get them under my good graces like there's some level of damage control there um, that definitely isn't a good sign but the optics of it are horrible isn't it like you know you come out then you like you know you come out but then it comes out that you come out because of this it's like oof. you're having a look at it now i did have a consensual on-off relationship with a younger male colleague at this morning <laughs> contrary to speculation whilst i met the man when he was a teenager Jesus and was asked Christ. to help him to get into television it was only after he started to work on the show that it became more than just a friendship imagine using that as an excuse I know I only met him as a kid, but we only fucked when he was an adult. It's like, sometimes I wonder with some people, man, the lack of shame and embarrassment and just, I don't know, willingness to just admit fault and just say, hey, I fucked up there. It's just insane. Like, it's insane. That's why sometimes I think some people at their core are just corrupted, like corrupted to their core. Their moral compass is just all over the shop. So there is no saving them. It just is what it is. But Jesus Christ, what a defense. That relationship was unwise, but not illegal. It is now <laughs> over. Mr. Schofield goes on to say that in an effort to protect my ex-colleague, I haven't been truthful about the relationship. But my recent unrelated departure from this morning fueled speculation and raised questions which have been impacting him. So for his sake, it is important. So hold on. So he's basically saying he didn't quit this morning because he ha he was having an affair with this younger man. He quit it for some other reasons. What are the other reasons, bro? What are the other reasons? What could the other reasons be? What what other reason could there to be to quit one of the most successful morning shows in UK history? Something that probably made him a millionaire, I would assume, twice, three times, five times, whatever, over something that probably was able to create a pathway for his kids to get into tv too family and friends right the fact that he's got so much goodwill over there in itv maybe he got his hands in other pies and he quits it out of the blue why would you quit that that's like a job for life that's a job literally you can do until you're old and gray he's already old and gray but you can do that forever and ever and ever it's not a job that kind of requires you to be young and sprightly so the fact that you quit it would would raise alarm bells especially when you see on screen that the chemistry between him and the willy bolly woman isn't what it was at one point. So people start asking questions. For me to be honest, I am painfully conscious that I have lied to my employers at ITV, to my colleagues and friends, to my agents, to the media, and therefore the public, and most importantly of all, to my family. I am- Oh, you finally, I was about to say, in this whole entire statement, you know what's funny about this whole entire statement? He speaks about the kid, the little twink that he's been hooking up with at ITV. He speaks about the twink more than he speaks about his own family. That is a really big indictment. I bet you any money, if he was to sit down his daughters and his wife and actually speak candidly to them about their dad, about their husband, and actually ask, you know, what he's like as a human being i bet you the the word narcissist would come out a few times sociopath would come out a few times self-absorbed would come out if you don't remember he's a tv presenter but there's definitely something that would come out about his personality because to read to put that entire statement out and to not be thinking 
about your family, how that's impacted them, the embarrassment, the shame, the abuse they're getting online now with the trolls and shit, to not have them be at the front of your mind in every statement and just mention the twink first. I'm so very, very sorry, as I am for having been unfaithful to my wife. I have therefore decided to step down from the British Soap Awards, my last public commitment, and I am resigning from ITV with immediate effect. Oh, really, dude? You're resigning? Cool, man. Expressing my immense gratitude to them for all the amazing opportunities that they have given me. So that is the latest from Philip Schofield this evening. He said that he is stepping down from hosting the British Soap Awards. That was meant to be his last commitment. And he said he's resigning from ITV with immediate effect. And he's given this statement that i was just reading to you it's, it's funny though isn't it because for the longest time people have always suspected that he was gay anyway but you know in england we have a history of like male tv presenters and just people in entertainment in general who are very kind of campy and have a particular kind of way they kind of you know act and stuff that typically people would think is gay but isn't it's just be like a fear kid type of energy so people just leave people alone and mind their business it's kind of different to america i think i think america you'd be digging into it a little bit more so maybe people just had their suspicions but didn't really care you know it is what it is let him live his life but then it finally does come out and it's like okay we're not surprised but then when it does come out in this way it's like fucking hell so what itv were covering his back and keeping it secret because they didn't want to you know let go of their fucking um cash cow um whatever it may be maybe putting that kid the twink in harm's way as well by covering philip Schofield's back like an open secret in the industry his family and friends and other fucking um colleagues in the industry protecting his back it's just so weird it's so weird man and the amount like the amount of grooming and abuse and fondness for young people and young kids and whatever that occurs in the entertainment industry is for me one of the most interesting and scary things about that scene because you'd think if you are a notable figure in the entertainment world especially if you're you know entertainment world sorry and especially if you're single or whatnot there's enough fans out there that you can smash <laughs> that are of age who like you a lot that you, there would be no end to it. But you specifically go for the underage ones. That for me has always been the really interesting part. Of it. And this has been something that's been happening in Hollywood since the fucking 20s and shit, right? In the entertainment industry, like from Broadway to whatever, right? It's in the theater industry, TV, movies. It's just a thing that kind of runs through the history of time. Rape, abuse, um, harassment uh you know pedophile shit like people living in a closet like it's always been a thing that kind of runs concurrent but there's been this thing of like you know much older people liking really really young people um to the point people start thinking it's like hey are you a pedo or you're a creep i don't really know is it grooming or are you just really interested in young people only i don't really know but bloody hell man um I, like i said before the thing that blows my mind more so about this whole story still is the fact that there's two gay brothers in one family, which I think is rare. I'm just speaking out of us, man. I don't know if that's true, but I'd imagine to have two brothers in one family and have two of them be gay, that's really rare. And also to have two brothers in one family and have both of them be pedos, I think is ultra rare also. Like, I can't imagine that to be a common thing.
but if, if people do know any more stories about it like that let me know in the comments down below i'd love to kind of see more to be fair but um let's continue moving on from that one the internet has really made its business to kind of cast damson idris as being the kind of smitten overly in love side of the partner in relationship with laurie harvey and i don't really understand why i'm really confused but i do understand why i know so i do understand that in social media there is this thing that goes on with like celebrity couples where if one side if one side of the fan base decides you're not good enough you're not good enough it's just is what it is right but i just can't stand with the damson idris thing because there's a period in time maybe it was a couple of summers ago where damson idris was like the guy on social media like all the girls were thirsting over him asking why he's single and bloody blah, blah 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 like there was a real kind of first for him online it seemed like um but then something changed as soon as he hooked up with Laurie Harvey, where she maybe is a bit more chill and reserved. He's more as a little bit more affectionate and outgoing with his kind of praise of her. And everyone kind of makes it seem like they're not in love or that he's, or that he's doing too much. And I really can't understand this because you'd, you'd think you'd want, even though this it shouldn't be this because you should be living your own life, but you know, some people are, weirdly have this weird link with fucking celebrities and live their life through what celebrities do you would imagine that if you are somebody that kind of views or gets your information about how people should act with women and shit men especially you would imagine that somebody like damson idris and how he kind of acts all lovey-dovey and head over heels with laurie harvey that should be something that should be encouraged it should be something you should be getting you know you should be putting out there more where you, you know, you're, you're out there outwardly claiming your girl, you're being very, you know, you're doing loads of PDA and making it known that you're lucky and stuff and really being loving and going over the top with praise with her. Like that should be what people should be encouraging, shouldn't it? But for some reason it isn't. Everyone's kind of chipping in and saying that, hey, this isn't, this isn't it. She doesn't like you like that. Um, and just basically playing out their own fan fiction in their head. And this is a tweet that he put out. Um, you know, based on the clip here taken from the Beyonce Renaissance tour here in London, and there's a viral clip of Damson Idris hugging Laurie Taylor from the back and basically kissing all over her, and she's kind of acting, you know, nonchalant, concentrating on the show, just being chill, and everyone's basically made up their own narrative that that is proof that Laurie Harvey doesn't like him, and because Laurie Harvey has a history of, you know, fucking and moving on people think that he's going to be the next one but i try to understand why he's the next one personally the tweet he says everybody every day chat 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 people don't rest please man mind your business and there's some tweets here from people on social media it hurts my soul seeing my brother go out like this man not only is it sad but it's in 4k where his great grandkids could see people posting a picture of michael b jordan saying soon that'll be damn interest doing that kind of cool thing Another one saying, I'll be so mad if there's a video of me and my man and strangers and saying, um, I don't like him. I'm sorry to social media relationships. I'm sorry. Another person saying, consequences for this are going to be worse than when Teddy stole 70 million. And the last one saying, you can see all in her face. She don't give a fuck for real. Be having these dudes in love and lost till she gets tired. I don't know. I just think it's weird. Even if it does end in tears and Damson just ends up having that scene like fucking Michael B. Jordan where he's at the basketball game and he's like looking lost and shit. If that's the case, let him let him do it, innit? Let him live his life. Let him let him do it. Let him do it. Let him live his life. I don't see any problem with it. Moving on from that, I want to quickly mention my um appreciation and salute to one Romelo Lukaku. Big up Lukaku for 
somehow out of the blue bagging fucking Megan Thee Stallion one absolute win for Rom on social media especially football social media he gets a lot of stick for how he plays his accent how he speaks about himself how he walks how he goes on and the fact that he managed to fucking bag Megan Thee Stallion is an absolute win no lie that's the win and the fucking turnaround of the century especially considering the Champions League final is coming very soon Inter Milan versus Man City and the fact that Megan in fact that Lukaku has Megan Thee Stallion on his arm now best believe we're going to see the best version of Romelu Lukaku you've ever seen play football for Inter Milan so if you're wondering who to bet on if you're a betting person and you're going to be wondering fucking um Champions League and you're thinking Man City are going to absolutely destroy Inter Milan which most people do believe myself included if Romelu Lukaku starts or even if he comes off on the bench put your money on Inter Milan making the upset of all upsets because if she's in the stands watching him Roman's gonna show out on the pitch he's gonna fucking show out I guarantee you so if you're doubting you're gonna make some money and you're you know a, a little bit of a fucking good odds and shit please 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 make sure please make sure you put some money into Milan Romelu Lukaku is definitely going to come strong on that one so big up Rom big up Rom legend 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 moving on from this talk about this quickly coach of TMZ regarding uh, the Bahamas nightmare video shows chaos after a teen jumps in from a cruise search called off um, some teenager decided to jump off the side of a cruise as a dare and if you look at the video I'm not going to play it because it's horrifying but if you look at the video somebody slowed it down and there's a section of the video where it looks like there may be a shark and it feels like there was a, you know, it was like a shark infested waters. So I'm not sure if that's true. It might be just a shadow. It might be, I don't know, something to do with the boat underneath. I don't know, but it looked like some sort of, they look at like some sort of shadowy figure underneath the fucking ocean as he's jumping into it. And it looked like in the video, he jumps into this ocean. Everyone's screaming at him. Um, some people are bigging him up and shit. And then he starts swimming away from the fucking boat. So maybe he saw the sharks. But anyway, regardless, they call off the search and he's, he hasn't been found since. But let's read the article. A multi-day search for a Louisiana teen who jumped from the sunset cruise in the Bahamas has come to a tragic end. And the last known sighting of him was caught in a harrowing video. Footage surfaced of 18-year-old Cameron Robbins, who had just graduated from high school in Baton Rouge, swimming in the open seas at night near Elton Island last week, where he was on sunset cruise with a bunch of his peers celebrating his um, achievement. I don't think I've ever been in a position, I don't know if you guys are the same, where peer pressure would drive me to do this. Never in my life. Never. I don't think I've ever been there. The most peer pressures maybe do is maybe do drugs or maybe drink, but something that would physically harm me it's not that funny or worth it. And I would never let somebody... And plus as well, I think personally for me, I'm the kind of person, the more you tell me to do something, the more I won't do it. If that makes any sense. So peer pressure could never really work for me in that way because I just wouldn't do it because you kept, cause you, just because you asked me to do it sort of thing. But I can't imagine for some people, if you do have that tendency to you know, uh, bow to peer pressure what it could do to you what well, you just said they found his remains really they found his remains no don't say that let me see if this is true so live and direct updates on the go let's see if this is true no way robin's fell from the boat they say remains let's see let's just find the remains did they find these remains 
camera. Okay, so far, not look. We don't have anything so far. Remains issue. Okay, so maybe they haven't found his remains so far, but I'm guessing they will soon. Anyway, let's read the Let's read, continue. Where does Cameron went overboard? on his own accord and not just that but apparently it was on a dare in this clip you can tell um these buddies were getting a kick out of it that is until he vanished under the boat and out of a view of everyone who began screaming at him to grab a life preserver that he'd been thrown um, which was pretty far away and he didn't end up reaching it once he disappeared everyone began to panic imagine being on a party boat like that right you're one minute you're in the fucking boat chilling having shots drinking dancing singing along and then suddenly you're out on deck fucking around and then a boy jumps into the ocean you're thinking it's just a prank he's gonna come back in on the deck some at some point drenched in water you're gonna be taking the piss out of him and taking selfies but then it transpires that he disappears and you never see him again <laughs> r.i.p to this kid man but a part of me feels like this is kind of natural selection at work if you're dumb enough to do this then you may be it was always on the, on the cards for you that your life was going to end this way as tragic as it may seem do you know what i mean because i can't imagine since he went missing a multi-day search is undertaken by the bahamian authorities and u.s coast guards but robbins was never found the search has now been called off after several unsuccessful days days in the ocean days like come on for scouring the area for any sign of him it sounds like cameron was parried, was has presumed dead as a coast issued a statement saying we offer our sincere condolences to cameron robin's family and friends his family flew into bahamas last week the prayer vigils have been held for him for a few days now absolute baby man his family also spoke out the bahamian government has called off the rescue for the cameron and we're returning to baron rouge we want to thank the barman's government and the u.s coast guard the united Cajun navy and the congressman congressman sorry garrett Groves graves for everything that they have done for us in this time of grief we thank our family and friends and well wishes and we request privacy to remember our son and mourn his loss just graduated from fucking school as well what are you doing kid man relax like god almighty and how much of a dare how amazing is it really to jump off a boat it's not that big of a deal really i don't think so it's not enough to fucking make you a fucking star and to make you a legend or whatever group of your friends you have really it's not that impressive um so i don't know why he did it personally but fuck you know when you're a kid the things that you do that you think will make sense it's just insane and sometimes you get away with it sometimes you actually get away with it but most time you don't so r.i.p cameron i guess r.i.p to cameron next on the list a fucking fuck up shit situation like i can't imagine what she's going through but i also don't have any um, remorse or sympathy when it comes to people drink driving i think it's the most reprehensible thing ever especially in the era in the in the, in the times that we're living, living in now with the prevalence of like ubers and stuff there is no excuse for drinking and driving i don't care what it is especially because for whatever reason um the person that's drinking and driving always is the person that never suffers any kind of fatality it's always the person they hit in an accident that has to suffer some sort of injury or maybe they die which i fucking hate it fucking tears me apart when i see those stories of somebody decided to drink driver after a night out and crashing into a family and then the whole entire family passes away but the drink driver just goes away for me unfazed i fucking hate that shit but anyway this is a story courtesy of tmz regarding danny lay it says that she'd been arrested for a dui and hit and run alleged victim had fractured spine 
Danny Lay, um, the baby mother of the baby and an R&B singer herself in her own regard, um, you know, embroiled in controversy for a while before the pandemic, all that nonsense with the baby had been getting back to some semblance of going out and being about and putting out songs again. And now it's been hit with this fucking hell. It continues. It says, Danny Lay has spent an Memorial Day weekend in jail after cops say that she hit somebody with her car while driving under the influence a singer who's also the baby's ex mother baby ex and mother of his kids was arrested early tuesday morning in miami beach where police claim she was involved in a dui hit and run which ended in serious back injury for the alleged victim who was riding a moped i do like the fact because again i've read online which is true i don't live there but i've heard that florida has some really really tight rules or strict rules and laws when it comes to drink driving which i like because you'd imagine florida being a place where a lot of people drink and do drugs so there's probably a prevalence of people and a high likelihood of people being involved in duis and hit and runs so i do like that they recognize that their state is where is the way it is but they also have laws in place where if you break it and you do that sort of thing you can be punished really aggressively and if i'm not mistaken she's already these are felonies so this is some serious shit that's going to be on a record she's probably going to spend some time behind bars too like fucking hell it says, according to the police report obtained by TMZ, Danny was seen by several witnesses, several witnesses driving at a high rate of speed and swerving in and out of lanes near Miami Beach. Eventually, Coppit says um, she struck somebody who was on a motorized scooter and dragged the moped <laughs> for about a block. Somebody flagged down a neighbor, <laughs> neighboring officer who then initiated a stop. Imagine just minding your business on a fucking electric scooter, checking your phone where you want to go check like i would do sometimes checking your phone to see on the maps what fucking late night eateries open is pizza hut open is popeyes open is mcdonald's open just checking where you're going to go eat or checking where you're going to go, where you can get some booze late night and then randomly some fucking r&b singer in her g-wagon just plows into you <laughs> without you realizing and drags you a fucking block <laughs> can you imagine drags your fucking you're minding your business you probably got your slides on some shorts a rinky dink vest like i've got just like chilling minding your business and just hits you with a fucking shiny black gold green g-wagon <laughs> in the paperwork the cop described danny as smelling of alcohol and he conducted a field sobriety test which says she failed and she later then took a breathalyzer is there something in american law and um, you guys tell me in the chat where if you do a, if you're under the influence but then you run away is there like something you can prevent yourself from being breathalyzed is that true tell me there's i think there's some loophole right like if you're if if you if if you're drinking under the influence sorry driving under the influence and you get stopped or no or you're in a crash and you run away and you come back is that true What's, yeah, Jesus said it's hit and run. Yes, you can flee the scene. You can flee the scene. And that technically means what? The DUI is not... So then they can't breathalyze you because they have no idea whether or not you drank at home or at the, at the scene, right? So it's just saying, yeah, if you hit and run and make it home and get inside before the cops stop you, then yeah, you're golden. That, thank you, Uche. But that is some scummy shit, isn't it? That is some scummy, deplorable shit. You hit somebody, unintentionally fair, but then you drive off, don't check on them, go home, 
<laughs> drink some water, spray yourself with some mouthwash or whatever, in the hopes that you're gonna get off of it, so you don't get had to breathalyze it, and then leave the person on the street, bloodied, internal organs all over the place, spleen, spinal cracked. That's some disgusting shit, man. But yeah, thanks for the loophole info there. Thanks to Uche. The officer claimed she blew 0 0.15 and 148, nearly twice the legal limit. Danny is cuffed and taken to jail where she was booked in for three felony charges, free, driving under the influence and leaving the scene of a crash, serious bloody injury, DUI, damaged property. As for the person who was hit, cops claim that she treated a hospital where we were told the doctor that she's going to make that she suffered a severe kidney laceration. That's a cut in the kidney and a spinal fracture. Yo, a spinal fracture is no joke because I know what it. I know how much it hurts when you're doing deadlifts and you don't kind of wear a belt or you don't, you know, uh, you don't brace yourself properly and you pull a muscle next to your spine, like you know, in the, that kind of spinal area. You pull a muscle there, you strain your muscle. I know how much that hurts. So I can only imagine how much it must hurt to fracture your fucking spine. Like that that is gonna be a, especially on a fucking scooter, like God almighty. What's Marty Musa in here? Remember John Jones running from the scene after hitting the pregnant lady, he ran and got lesser charge. Oh yeah, true, 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 true. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Thanks, Marty Musa, you're definitely right. So Ucho's right also, you have to you, you just have to get home first. But she couldn't get home because she didn't know that she had the fucking scooter and the person underneath her G Wagon. <laughs> so it's a bit too obvious there. But yeah, um this is really bad news for her personally because I, I would assume because you're looking at some sort of civil suit obviously the criminal proceedings um the damage it'll do to your reputation it also kind of puts some validity to what the baby was saying about her um you know she's clearly somebody that can't handle her booze the driving home drunk thing as a mother new mum is fucking insane i know mums need time to unwind and shit but doing that in that way is irresponsible if you're gonna go out and get trash and you leave the baby with the flipping grandmother or whatnot then at least you could do is organize a car especially in this era i think there's no reason to be driving under the influence but fucking hell man what an incredible story and yeah it's probably not gonna end well for her in this case because this is looking kind of serious unless they figure something out i don't really see it ending well anyway moving on from that one speak about this video courtesy of unique regarding joey diaz um explaining why he's quitting the podcast i'm actually i'm actually surprised i'm not gonna lie i'm really surprised about this um that he's quitting it i would have assumed when he switched to being audio only because he made the announcement recently i think i made a clip about it where joey diaz explained that he's only going to be doing audio only if he's podcast no more video which is not that you know uncommon bill burr one of my favorite podcasts i listen to on a weekly he does his show without any sort of video on it and i think he has somebody uploaded on his channel also with no video so i also love that um but i'm surprised that joey diaz knowing that his fans will stick by him if he did audio only is gonna do no vid no podcast at all and just stick to doing patreon content I'm surprised. But on another end, I'm also not surprised, having listened to a lot of his stuff over the years and being a fan of Joey Diaz, I also know that he's been kind of burned out by things in general. He's not essentially loving, you know, life in, as a comedian, loving life as an entertainer in general in the limelight. He's kind of had it in general. And I think that's kind of honourable to be like, you know what? I'm not being my best self on these places and these spots and these platforms. I'm not giving my all. I don't really care that much about it anymore. I'm going to gracefully bow out. 
instead of like having the game bow out for you i think more people need to do that but these guys and girls in the comedy entertainment industry once they get a taste of the fame and the money they just can't let go there's no aspect of them kind of unwinding or scaling things back it always just is constant constant fame 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 so there's something that i kind of like about the idea of joey diaz stepping away from it but i'm just a little bit surprised this is a clip taken from uniques joey diaz it says explains why he's quitting his podcast let's play the clip uh, an interesting couple days for starters again i'm very sorry about the podcast listen man i started the podcast to get out of my funk uh it helped me i didn't just want to be a fucking bumpy sitting here but let's face it once i got my head together i still couldn't fucking function i still couldn't think of things and i just got sick and tired I'm faking the funk. I'm a lot better with you guys on this podcast. It's a little bit more personal. I tried to carry this over into the joint, but it just wasn't working. You know, I did Andrew Schultz yesterday. And again, you go on these podcasts. These podcasts are successful because of the energy, guys. My podcast had no energy no more. I was getting burnt out just by the powers of be. And it was just time to shut it down like I did with the comedy in January just to see what the fuck you really want to do. I will continue the Patreon. This week, we will not have a movie of the week because to be honest with you guys, we were going to... Anyway, you got the gist of it, right? You got just what you're saying. Um, I personally think the Joey Diaz podcast died the moment Lee Sayat left the original pod, which was The Church of What's Happening Now. Um, I think when Lisa had left or they decided to end that when Joe Diaz wanted to move back home and be closer to his family that's when the podcast ended even he did try to restart it and have something to do during the pandemic and lockdown he didn't want to be with his family all the time and kind of wanted the outlet to speak about certain things and rant and whatnot the joint was never going to replicate the church what's happening right now it ended when Lisa had left but I also have to give Joe Diaz I feel like a lot of credit because I feel like other people in his position especially other comedians and stuff would have tried to have paid for Lee Sayat to go and move out with him to New Jersey or said to him to move out there with him so they could continue the show the same way because they just couldn't let go of the you know attention that he got them and whatever it may be but I feel like the fact that Joey Diaz took it upon himself because I remember I, I'm a fan of Joey so I pay attention to the show I remember he specifically told Lee that he wanted him to go and live his life he was always a bit guilty. He felt like that he was robbing Lee of his youth and stuff, which is dumb because Lee loved fucking Joe Diaz and still loves him to this day. Um, he was happy to be there, but for the what for the longest time, Joey kind of felt a bit guilty that you know he was getting him hooked on drugs. He was getting him high all the time. He was taking up his time that he wasn't going out and doing things by himself in terms of being a comedian or making it or doing a podcast, blah blah blah. And he maybe thought, in some respects, also he maybe had a fear that Lee Sayat might end up like a Brendan Shaw, he might just hitch his wagon to Joey. And in, in, in a way, it means like he's entirely, you know, forever kind of tied to him. And it means that also Joey doesn't have agency in his own career and he also has to kind of keep it going because he has this guy to depend on. So I felt like it was the most selfless move in his regard, Joey Diaz, to say, hey, Lee, you're still in your prime. You still have a lot of potential coming up and you're young and shit. Go out and explore life. You know I mean, I'm going to go back home and move my family. You go out there and explore life and do your thing. Obviously, I'm not naive enough to know or to not believe that there was more to it. I'm sure all the cancellations also added to the extra fear and kind of tendency to run away from the industry LA and kind of move away to LA and move away to flipping New Jersey and because of his family I'm sure there's a lot of self-preservation involved there also 
when Crystalia, Brian Callen, all these guys were getting cancelled, even when the Louis C.K. shit happened, it kind of shunned a really stark light on the comedy scene. And all these male comics started to feel really nervous because they've all got crazy skeletons in their closet because of the times they've been on the road and they've cheated a million times and they've maybe fucked up and did a couple of dilly-dallyants with people that they shouldn't have. Maybe they've done some rapey stuff. Maybe they've done some pedo stuff, whatever it may be. It made everybody in the scene nervous, clearly. And I think at the time when that Amy Kaufman girl who wrote the op-ed or the opening piece on destroying fucking um joey diaz right and essentially she was kind of putting the fear of god in everybody in that scene and i remember there was a period of time if you remember your law just after brian callen got cancelled there was a period in time where there was a rumor going around that that amy kaufman girl was allegedly going around to different comics going to different clubs and stuff and getting real accounts on these horrifying stories about comedians and what they maybe have done with women and shit and allegedly that was a story that was coming out and i think joey even spoke about it in his podcast and everyone was getting nervous because it was meant to be a big op-ed that was gonna or article or whatever piece that was gonna trash everybody and expose whatever what goes on in the kind of dark you know underbelly of the fucking scene and i think everyone got nervous which is why what's his face um, I think that's why Eddie Bravo kind of ran away like because you know he has a real business and a real life and shit you couldn't risk getting cancelled for that and whatever so a lot of those guys ran away for that so it's not surprising but a part of me a part of me feels like this is definitely one of those things that should be heralded because there isn't enough people in comedy or entertainment who are willing to just step away from the limelight again because he's still going to be doing content he's still going to be out here doing bits and bobs he's not going to be he's not going to like he's going to return to a life of being a private citizen but it should be somewhat commendable and somewhat praised if you decide to just step back it should be a little bit like hey you know i've had my fun it was good where it lasted i'm going to step back because constantly what you know enjoying the sound of like i'm a nobody and i get tired of the sound of my own voice right my own voice legitimately um tires me sometimes so i can't imagine what it must be like for guys and girls on this level guys and girls on this level how they must feel where they're constantly making content constantly talking constantly giving hot takes constantly sharing their opinion constantly weighing in constantly it's just too much at a certain point like just enough already enough relax that's what i think should be happening but they don't do that so I think it needs to be given some encouragement. So big up Joey Diaz for at least stepping away from the microphone a little bit. Um, and, you know, being one of the only people in that kind of scene or community of Joey, Joe Rogan extended universe type of dudes who decide to do so. I think that is somewhat commendable in that respect. I'm not going to lie. Moving on from this, quickly want to mention this. Where is it? Oh, did I not post it? I'm not going on here okay cool maybe it's on here let me see if i can find it bear with me one second i quickly wanted to mention this right because i feel like <clears throat> this is an interesting post to kind of talk about in general because i don't mind it but i think somebody on the fire and the kids subreddit made a really good point that really made me kind of rethink it a little bit and let me see if i can get up on it bear with me a second so it's this post here and this post is courtesy of um, Brendan Schaub's wife, right? And I don't know if I'm going to get taken down on YouTube for showing this. Hopefully I don't. But this is the post, right? And it made me think because I don't necessarily have an issue with it. 
I don't think it's that big of a problem. Um, which is a picture of Brennan Schaub's wife um, in a very scantily clad um, underwear lingerie type of situation um, on her Instagram page. And the caption is, um, is it me or has May been two months too long? To has been too, has been, sorry, is it me or has May been two months long? Summer is my least favorite time of the year and it's coming in hot, right? And she decides to post this, right? She's coming in hot. The sun's coming in hot. She's got the fucking um, redacted, like, girl, little tongue and the teeth thing, right? The little kind of bonked head thing going on, which I do agree with. I think the girls on Red Scare had this kind of um, hot take that guys do love girls who are a little bit bonked, who kind of look a little bit redacted. Like, I think the, the example was the example they used I think was Sydney Sweeney she's got a little bit like a you know like a redacted type of look to her and I think guys kind of enjoy that kind of comatose not really there bit ditzy kind of appeal so maybe that's what she's going for but I found that post interesting right because somebody made a point on the Friday Kids subreddit that Brendan Schub's wife isn't like a celebrity in her own regard she doesn't like do anything. She's not like a model. She's not like a real, an influencer really in that regard, um, in any regard at all. She's just basically like a private citizen in a way. That's kind of, that's essentially married to somebody notable. So, but she's also a mum of two. So it's not really common or it's a bit weird that a mum of two that isn't involved in anything to do with the entertainment industry and is just, you know, in it, in, involved in a way because of their partner is also cool with posting pictures like this of themselves on Instagram. But then I think to myself, like, this this woman, Brendan Shaw's wife, isn't, I don't think, she's not that much of a, she's not that much of a thought leader or a unique person in that regard. So I'm sure she's copying it from other people. I'm sure there are other women who are married to notable people in the industry, entertainment figures, who are just really regular ladies, but also happen to be attractive conventionally who also do that i'm sure that's the thing they do as a way of like hey i'm a mum, but i do it all i cook i clean i look after my kids but i could also get sexy if i if need be i think that must be a thing that happens with women especially in in the la scene and shit because it must be a weird thing to kind of have to process and deal with in real time right imagine you are you've always grown up being hot and that's something that you've used as a thing to kind of propel your career as part of your identity. And it's just been a part of you. You've always been hot. And then you suddenly become an adult or you get into a relationship and you have some kids, but then your career takes a back seat to support the kids, to support your husband or partner. And now suddenly the being hot thing doesn't really matter because no one's looking at you anymore because you're not doing any content, but you're still hot and you want to just remind people that you're hot. So you keep, you know, you do what she's doing. So technically there's no nothing really wrong with it. I don't think so. But there is something strange about somebody that's technically a private citizen who's just happens to be married to a famous comedian and podcaster is okay and also a mother of two is okay with just plushing themselves like this on social media. And it's interesting because also I would imagine for kids growing up, this is an interesting generation. I spoke about it beforehand about the OnlyFans generation. Like, I wonder what that's going to be like because there was a part when I was growing up, the raciest things your parents could have done was maybe have a nude, was maybe have a sex tape, right? That was a thing that people did a lot. But nowadays, I don't think sex tapes are that big of a deal. Nowadays, I don't think people's dick pics getting leaks are that big of a deal. Nudes getting leaked is that, it's not that big of a deal anymore. 
But I would imagine in some cases, your mum being splayed, you know, splaying herself on her social media in very seductive, suggestive underwear, whatever it may be, that's going to be a bit of an issue. Or maybe your mum performing crazy sex acts on fucking OnlyFans is going to be a bit of an issue for people. So I wonder what those kids are going to deal with. I wonder if it's going to be not big of an issue like it was for our generation in terms of like not caring about sex tapes or like dick pics too much or if it'll be different because it's on Instagram and it's on fucking OnlyFans. I'm interested to see because I feel like this sort of shit is a bit much. If you're just a mum, a mum of two, chilling, doing your thing, to have pictures like that of yourself on social media is a bit crazy. Especially when you look at the feed. When you look at the feed, you see the family pics and then you see that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what are we doing here? But I don't know. Maybe I'm looking into it too much. Maybe it's not big of an issue. Who knows? But that is super, super interesting because it kind of feels like, you know, it's the sort of stuff that you'd see somebody that is maybe technically single would do. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it isn't. I don't really know. Personally, I wouldn't have an issue with that if that was me and that was my partner. I really wouldn't care. Um, It really wouldn't bother me. But somebody in front of the kids somebody just did make a good point. Like, hold on. She's like a private citizen. She's got kids at home. She just married to a comedian. She's not. She doesn't do any content online. She's not an influencer. She's not a model. She's just like a mum, like technically basic. You know, why is she doing this? <laughs> I was like, yeah, true. Why is she doing this? I don't know. Maybe she just enjoys how her body looks on camera. That could also be a thing. Anyway, moving on. Um, this clip courtesy or this picture post courtesy of the comedy mothership. I'm going to get to a point, right? This is a post taken from the Comedy Mothership where the caption is just legends, sorry, just legends and future legends all in one night, right? I feel like the person that manages the Comedy Mothership social media account is always quietly, slowly, in a really subtle way, trolling fucking Brendan Shorb. <laughs> I know this is kind of like main character energy type of vibes I'm giving here but I've got a feeling the person who manages the comedy mothership Joe Rogan's comedy club out there in Austin Texas whoever manages this account is trolling and basically taking the piss out of Brendan in a very subtle not so subtle way I feel like that some ways because this caption is so unnecessary <laughs> just legends the future legends all in one photo so essentially if you're not part of this group of guys you do not matter right you simply don't matter like <laughs> and brendan shaw being a close friend of joe rogan's and clearly somebody begging and pleading and hoping to get back into their good graces and be invited there the fact that he's not involved in this you know collage of killers and 1000 only comedians it must fucking brutalize the guy but i'm starting to get to a point and I mentioned before, being a, you know, born bona fide contrarian, I'm starting to get to a point where I might start defending Brendan Schaub on this, you know. I might start being the guy that starts defending Brendan Schaub. I swear to God. Because there's a part of me that feels like, if you're Brendan, you kind of feel like you're owed an appearance on there. Right? Brent Joe's for the longest time been backing you up. He introduced you to comedy. He pretend to be your best friend, your mentor, your guru, your North Star. Then he suddenly moves away to fucking Texas, forgets your number, acts completely different with you. Then suddenly he realizes that you're not funny and that you might be a douchebag suddenly. And now when he opens his own club and it's the best club in the world that everyone's fucking coming over, you don't invite him there. If I'm Brendan, I'm gonna be so pissed. 
and it's gonna be i'm gonna have a sense of entitlement i'm gonna feel like you know what fuck it i don't care how bad you think gringo pappy is i don't care how bad you think you'd be surprises you owe me you owe me <laughs> you owe me an invitation part of me feels like that I've, i'm gonna I'm get to a point where i feel like i need to start defending brendan because this is out of hand <laughs> he still hasn't been invited <laughs> do you know how hilarious that is do you know how hilarious that is that he hasn't been invited? Do you know how funny that is? All this time, <laughs> the most famous club in the world with one of his best friends, a guy that propelled his career, had him as one of the most, you know, recurring guests on Joe Rogan. Till to this point, he's still the most recurring. His, his guest appearances are on like, the high 80s or 90s, which is insane. So you think about it, considering how many episodes of Rogan does, considering the fact that he doesn't really double back on people too often, the fact that you have over 80 episodes with Rogan is nuts, especially if you consider Brendan isn't that interesting of a dude, he's not that smart, not that funny, what did they have to talk about? Clearly they liked each other, clearly it was a real friendship, clearly he was helping out somebody he thought was a friend, and he got to a point where he wasn't even helping out, he just liked hanging out with him. Then all of a sudden, something clicks in Rogan's head, he realises all the memes are true, he watches a couple porcelain videos or whatever. And then suddenly he realizes, oh, this guy is a bit of a douche. This guy is a little bit unfunny. He probably is bad for bad for business. <laughs> and he just dishes, dis, you know, fucking pushes him away. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel bad for Brendan, I'm not going to lie. And I feel like this comedy's mothership account is always taking little jabs at him with the caption and shit in the pictures because <laughs> if i'm brendan if there's a possibility to unlike this picture i'm unliking it if unliking means clicking this picture three times i'm clicking it three times because i'm pissed off man got dice clay there rogan doing that fucking face that physical comedy you know rogan's talking about fucking apes or something or hanging off of a boat or fucking somebody raw somewhere i don't know some sort of joke like that Rah, Rogan's got Johnny Depp teeth as well, isn't it? Rah, Ted boy. You got Rogan there. You got Shane Gillis looking like a stud. You got, what's her name again? Roseanne. Mark Norman there. Tony Hinchcliffe. Brian Simpson. I don't know who that lady is. Uh, oh, um, what's her name? Kerrigan, that's the lady that used to do the podcast with Joe, with Joey Diaz. They actually did the podcast together. That's how it started, actually. They used to do the show together, and Joey Diaz went and did his own thing. And the other guy that used to write for Brendan Schaub, actually, right? Eshan Jamad. What would Brendan Schaub's career look like if he would have kept this guy around? Eshan Jamad and the other dude. The other dude that looks horrendous when he takes his hat off. Like, what would the Brendan Schaub's career be like if he actually decide to you know what i'm gonna be one of these comedians who just like has premises but then has people like punch up my jokes or just write them for me i might have a premise or something but they write the whole entire thing and i just deliver it on stage imagine where brendan would be if he had legit writers i still don't i, I still don't think he'd be that funny personally um i think it'd be like a quiet taste like i still feel like brendan's best comedy set ever in my opinion have you guys seen it his best comedy set ever, I think, is this. Um, let's see if you guys know. It's not the it's not the Mexican cookie joke. <laughs> Salsa on a hot chocolate chip cookie. That guy's a fucking psychopath. Using that as a joke, it's not that. My the the best ever Brendan Schaub comedy bit for me is this. Um, 
Let's see if I can find it. This is not happening. Yeah, there we go. So I think if Brendan had fans, so Brendan had writers, he would his content would sound like this, in my opinion. It would sound like this. It would be like stories that you'd have to kind of, you know, like, you know, that kind of like long story type joke of bit that Burt Kreischer does. It would be like this type of stuff, personally. So you'd have to like this type of comedy, but it wouldn't be like snappy one-liners. He still wouldn't be that funny. It would be like the story time shit. So if you don't care about stories, you wouldn't care. Let's fast forward a bit. Let's see if it plays. Come on, bro. Play, 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 play. Ladies and gentlemen, Brendan. Yeah, there you go. And on the screen pops up the very first UFC fight in 1993. It's Hoist Gracie versus Ken Shamrock. So you got a Brazilian guy in a gi versus this. I'm realizing how out of breath he is <laughs> only by watching this again. Why is he so out of breath? Why is he breathing heavily into the microphone? I know I sometimes do it, don't get me wrong, but I got some settings on my OBS that make sure that it doesn't pick up on all the... <laughs> but why is he breathing so heavily? The very first UFC fight in 1993. It's Hoist Gracie versus Ken Shamrock. So you got a Brazilian guy in a gi versus this giant, probably on steroids, <laughs> hot dog skin looking character. You know what, you know what that's funny? You know how he got instant laughs here and the actual crowd? It wasn't a laugh track. Because if I remember correctly, Bert Kreischer helped him tighten up this story and probably other people. But I remember the main part of this was like Bert Kreischer. That's when him and Bert Kreischer were close and he used to call him his North Star and friend, whatever. I'm sure Bert Kreischer isn't as close to him now anymore. But Bert actually helped tighten up that story for him. So I'm not too sure why he didn't stick to using Bert more because Bert's style of comedy is story time shit. But maybe if he would have stuck to this type of comedy, he maybe would have been funnier. And he would have stuck with that Eshan Jamad guy. This might have been funnier in that regard. Maybe. And that was a straight up human cock fight. Like he might as well put on his favorite porno scene. Like it, it fucked the whole vibe up of the party. Like it's over. My grandma was like, what in the devil? Dropped her meatball. My mom was like, oh my God. And my brother and I- His delivery dropped a fucking hell, Brendan. <laughs> His delivery. <laughs> he dropped her meatball. <laughs> oh, this guy's winning, man. He's a millionaire, you know? This guy's a millionaire. Remember that, a millionaire. We were mesmerized, not by the fight on the screen, but with my dad, and he was so passionate, and he looked at these guys like they were his heroes, and a light bulb went on. Heroes. I love this imagined history in life that he has going on. We all know his dad wanted him to be a footballer. His dad pushed him to be a footballer. He wanted to be a footballer. It didn't work out. And then he pivoted into UFC. But this whole imagined fucking origin story he has of always wanting to be a UFC champion is so unnecessary like why lie it's so weird i want my dad to look at me the way he looks at these guys on the screen this is exactly what i'm gonna do it, it was first time in my life I ever realized that so i became obsessed with mixed martial arts okay it's finally coming calmer now he's having some gaps and pauses and letting some uncomfortable breaks happen and shit and gathering himself that's what he should have done on Gring Up Happy he was rushing through that crazy he should be at this calm level but maybe because he knows the material is good he knows there's some good hits coming 
good bit, so he's kind of gearing up to it, you know, guiding the audience through. This is what he should be doing. But again, he should have had writers. It's all I thought about. I'd practice, I'd mimic the moves with my brother in the living room nonstop, and I'd vision myself grabbing the mic from Joe Rogan to have the belt around my waist, my dad's in cage side. I'm like, Dad, we did it. Remember that time you fucked up that family reunion? <laughs> Look at us now, though. And Jay, all those times in the living room. I know it sucked, but what's up, man? We did it. Fast forward 20 years later, I'm pursuing this exact dream in the UFC of a handful of fights under my belt, and things are good. I'm ranked top 10 in the world. I'm chilling. I'm at home. My phone rings. I don't recognize the number. It's a Las Vegas area code. Anyway, I don't give a fuck. It's taking too long. But yeah, you, you, you get the point. You get the point what I was talking about. Let's move on. Um... <laughs> Las Vegas area code my guy anyway moving on from that one moving on from that one this post is courtesy of um, the Joe Rogan subreddit and it's a constant conversation going on at the moment constant conversation going on at the moment what do you guys think what do you guys think is Joe Rogan's issue with comedians coming on his podcast and being funny and making jokes and being silly why does Joe Rogan seem to hate it so much? Can somebody describe? Because I felt like this recent episode of Save Our, Save, Save Our Parks might be one of the best ones in terms of the number of zingers and one-liners that Mark Norman was dropping in the background, Shane Gillis giggling, Ari Shafir dropping his occasional one-liner and shit. But it was all going over Joe Rogan's head. He was not having it in the slightest. And this is a good example of it. And he does this thing also, somebody pointed out, where whenever Mark Norman says a joke and he doesn't get it, he'll do this like wah, wah, wah shit. Like, you know, he kind of ironically laughing. But people are now seeing it maybe as like a weird him being jealous and feeling inadequate around Mark. I don't really know. But let's play the clip anyway. I literally <laughs> killed Pepsi Spice. When was the last time you saw Pepsi Spice? It's done. I've never heard of it. it probably he, he probably killed it. Like, just Damn. Fuck out this loser. It was kind of weird though, wasn't it? It was like cinnamon. What I, is, I don't I, know. Pepsi was it good? Spice. Might have been good. He so, might have fucked it up for everybody. <laughs> like cherry that's Coke. Joyous way from cherry the world. Coke is really yeah. good. Cherry, cherry Coke's, Coke's good. the best. Cherry Coke Pepsi is Pepsi Spice. Worst Spice Girl. <laughs> cherry Coke Spice. <laughs> Pepsi Spice. <laughs> She's bubbly. Pepsi Spice. <laughs> She's bubbly. <laughs> She's got great cans. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> See, so he did that wah 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 thing, but then whenever I started laughing, he joined in. So what you think is the issue with Joe Rogan just not liking when people make jokes on his pod? What do you think that's about? I don't buy into this narrative that everyone's doing on the Joe Rogan subreddit by saying that, oh, Joe is, own, is jealous of um, Mark Norman. I don't buy that in the slightest. I also think having listened to enough Joe Rogans, he does have this tendency where he he kind of doesn't really match the vibe of the room. So if he's talking to some neurophysicist, he's suddenly silly goosey and talking about crazy shit that he probably shouldn't be talking about with somebody in that field. But then when he's got a comedian on, he kind of doesn't want to be silly. So he does it like, you know what I mean? Sort of the opposite sort of thing. So any guy that wants to talk about serious issues and culture war stuff and cancel culture and politics and blah, 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 you know, economy, all this nonsense. Like, I don't really know why that's the case, but it is interesting to see 
why that happens and how it happens so often. Here's another clip, um, courtesy of that um, in same episode where they have a very interesting interaction. Everybody on set of our parks. Jay, a big video gamer. Ooh, he's just competitive. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he gets crazy. Yeah, yeah I try rarely. To but what he is? What game are you playing? Uh, NBA Jam. <laughs> More basketball. Yeah. He plays basketball. He plays NBA two K. He loves basketball. Yeah. So that was what started the argument. Is he was like, I'm getting pretty good. And does he like, actually play basketball? Yeah, yeah he, was, he does. They were playing. They have a court in his, yeah. in his That was apartment. in his. That oh. was in his apartment building. Oh, okay. He's and, a week game. Yeah. I wore a chain wall at once. He tackled me. Why? Uh, he, that's his thing. He wears a chain wallet. That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> <His fucking. laughs> I wore a chain wallet once and he tackled me. That was clearly a joke because Big J wears chain wallets and looks like a fucking, you know, a goth from the fucking early 2000s, right? An emo. Like, it's ridiculous, right? His age. Like a more goth, but it's funny, right? And Joe, why, why would he do that? Why would he tackle you for? That's mean. Why would he do that? It's, it's a joke. Oh. So what's the deal with that? Again, I don't buy into this idea that he's jealous of Mark Norman. I don't buy that because I also think this is one of the rare instances on Joe Rogan's podcast where he gets to talk to people who don't mind shitting on him, who don't mind teasing him, who don't mind making him the butt of the jokes. He actually enjoys this, especially being a filthy rich white man. He probably gets loads of people you know, sucking up to him and wanting to coach up to him and be his friend and whatnot and never really talk quote-unquote normal to him this is the one occasion he does get to do it on his pod where no one's trying to suck up to him really that aggressively and they're having a laugh joking and making you know inside jokes on you know without him being involved in any way shape or form so i think he kind of enjoys that so there's no way that he does it because he doesn't like them he just does this all the time with comedians every comedian's complained about this like his tendency to just not get jokes some people have suggested that's because he's not funny himself that's a common thing i've heard He's not funny. Uh, he's not funny. That's why he doesn't get jokes. He's not actually a good comedian himself. He's a bad podcaster. Bloody blah, blah, blah. Again, I don't buy that. I just think for whatever reason, when comedians come on, Joe's brain switches to like serious mode. Like he just doesn't, he wants to be the one leading the jokes. Like I'm the alpha here. When it comes to, you know, psychologists and philosophers and businessmen and shit, it switches to that, to being silly goosey guy. So what do you guys think here in the stream chat? Um, Joe's probably just got a lot on his mind. It's just him and Jamie, apparently. Yeah, true. Louis B. J. said, I'd love to see what Joe thinks of GL of Milk Cost. Um, not, Martin Moose says, not jealousy. It's Joe. It's witty enough to make a funny comeback. It's all Joe can do. Literally can't, can't joke back and forth. Okay, that's true. I think Martin Moose is onto something. Martin Moose, you might be right there. I think Joe Rogan's inability to like rift is true because he can be funny. He is a, clearly a funny dude and can be funny on podcasts. We know that, but he's not like a, he's not sharp and he, he can't go back and forth like that. I think his default when he wants, when he kind of wants to take part in those kind of back and forths and witty, whatever it may be, exchanges, he usually just laughs a lot. He very rarely says anything else to kind of add to the joke. He just laughs really enthusiastically, that kind of like belly laugh, like, ah, like leaning back. He doesn't necessarily take part in any other way apart from that. So I think you're right there, Marty Moose. You might be, you might have cracked it. Louis BJ says, Joe's untethered from real reality that these pop eps are supposed to be put chill pod similar to the fight companions. Okay, that's maybe a point there. Um, 
Mr. West says he doesn't get a video game. Trash talking true. Cloud K2 says, I wonder if Joe's naturally funny and he retracts around other comedians who naturally just like to joke around silly. Huh. That's another good one. Cloud K20. I wonder if Joe just is not naturally funny and he retracts. That's true. That's similar to Brendan. Brendan does that also. Whenever he's around like super funny people, like you, you remember it a lot when it was like, the old golden days of the TFAC K podcast when Will Sasser would join and Chris Lear would be there and Brian Callum would be there and those three would be hitting it off because they're like 10 minute podcast guys, right? Fame and they've known each other for a while. And Brennan would just kind of like go into his shell. He wouldn't know what to say. He'd just be laughing nervously along. So when he's around other comedians, instead of rising to it and kind of getting involved with the funnies, he'd kind of go into his shell a bit more. So that might be a good point. Good point you made there, Cloud K20. Um, Robert Henry Poet says, I think he does act like a jealous dude occasionally. Money make that shit go ahead um, automatically. I've been around dudes with money and they can just be insecure sometimes. Yeah, that's also true. Maybe it's also true. Like maybe he's around people that always suck his dick when he's got money. So when he's around people that don't really care that much about him like that, it can maybe make him feel a little bit away and he kind of wants to reassert dominance by, hey, I'm serious now, no jokes. Maybe that's a good point as well there. Natashki says, the fact that Joe claims to be so health conscious and looks like he's like a toe decaying at rapid speed is insane to me. Why do keep people keep talking about this? Natashki with the bombs. You know what about Joe's appearance? You know the funny thing about Joe's appearance? Maybe it's me, but I think he's aged like an avocado he looked okay for a while and then he just started to look wild like the, i think it, it there reaches a point there's a point of like what's that word called again there's a point of diminishing returns i think with hgh and steroids in general you get to a certain age because i'm sure joe works out the same way he worked out when he was 21 but when you just when you take so much gear and your natural biological age is going a certain way it's just it just hits a wall there's nothing more you can do that guy going viral on social media at the moment the guy that's kind of injecting himself with his son's blood and shit right he's a good example i think you guys know what i'm talking about right let me actually try and get him up on here people how they look like let me see if i can pull him up boom 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 boom, boom. bear with me um man injects son's blood you know what i'm talking about right this guy he, he he's going viral on social media but i've known about him from the startup world because he does a lot of like biohacking type of shit right this white dude right here on the right obviously the one on the front he's obviously doing this whole thing where he's trying to crack um you know longevity and whatnot and trying to make sure that he you know stays in optimal physical shape and whatnot for as long as possible because that's one thing people always say if you're around rich people they say like you know you should always talk about um what's that thing called immortality and shit around those kind of topics every ship will love that the idea of kind of you know extending their life in any way shape or form they're always going to be help they're always going to be ready to kind of chat about those things more so than talking about you know industry entertainment bullshit anyway long story short to say this guy i think is proof that there's only so much you can do he's probably on all sorts of stuff he clearly works out a bunch from what i remember his daily eating habit diet wise is fucking boring as hell he really is committed to eating super clean um he works out a bunch takes care of himself eats sleeps eight hours a day with fucking you know heavy shades and shit does everything but there's only so much you can do to not avoid looking just like an older dude that's really fit there's nothing else you can do about that 
he just looks like a really fit older dude. He's never going to look like his son, right? He's always going to go that way to end up looking like his dad in his picture does. It's just one of those type of things that happens. And I think with Joe Rogan, he's reached that stage quicker because I'd imagine, again, I don't know much about steroids and shit, but I'd imagine steroids at a certain point do like hurt you age-wise. They do kind of speed up your aging, I'd imagine. I think it's similar to like, I look at stories similar to like using hair dye. Sometimes you use hair dye a lot. It actually speeds up the amount of grays you get over time, right? It makes you actually get more grays than ever before. So I think that actually can happen. So I think in Joe Rogan's case, he just, you know, has reached the ceiling. There's only, there's only so much of gear that you can do before your body just says enough. We're going to look how we're going to look. You know what I mean? And the way he looks is the way he looks. So, <laughs> big up Natashki for that bomb. Uh, Joe Rogan is looking kind of wild at the moment. But it kind of is what it is. Because there was a moment where I didn't really notice how insane he looked. But then I suddenly woke up and looked at like, Fuck, you know, he looks like a fucking Savaloy, doesn't he? Like, he looks fucking insane. <laughs> but big up Joe Rogan. <sighs> big up Joe Rogan, man. But yeah, and I love this meme also to end it. This meme is fucking, whoever put this on, the Joe Rogan subreddit, you are a fucking legend. This meme is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's shown Leo from the Matrix. Uh, Mark's jokes, Ari's jokes, Joe, Shane's jokes, like fucking incredible. Honestly, so good, man. Like he fucking hates it. When this comedian hates it, when this fucking philosophers, psychologist, she's all over it, but whatever. Big up fucking um, the Joe Rogan sub. It's finally coming to terms of maybe Joe Rogan's changing and not the person that they fell in love with. Bo ho ho. Um, let's move on from that one. And let's talk about... Oh, let's talk about some things I haven't spoken about here. Let's talk about quickly this clip here taken from Brian Callen talking about being a dad. Brian Callen's thoughts on being a padre. Very interesting thoughts indeed. I had my son, yeah, my 11-year-old, and my 16-month-old together. Oh, they cool. Were playing together. When I see that, all is right in the world. Bro, you're doing great, bro. You're doing great. You've <laughs> reproduced more. So you have replaced, you've put one more than your ex-wife and your current wife. I just want to say, can I just make a point and just say this quickly? Maybe I don't know what's going on here, but am I the only person that was a little bit surprised that this happened so quickly with Brian Callen? Like, the whole breaking up of his first wife thing, I thought was a bit strange. Especially how they tried to frame it. Like she was holding him back or something, right? I think Brenda said that, oh yeah, now you're you're looking better, you're acting better, you seem like you got a weight off your shoulders and shit. It was just weird. Like she was holding him back in his career. I was like, what? Okay, whatever. We don't know what they're going through. Cool, that might be a thing. And then he soon after leaving that wife, he then hooks up with somebody and they he's in a committed relationship where they're like engaged and shit, married, and then they got a baby. Like, I was like, God almighty, man. Like for somebody that was allegedly trapped by having a family and wanting to be like a playboy and do your thing, to suddenly run away to somebody else and then have a family, it just seemed a bit bizarre to me. But looking back at it now, it's just standard LA Hollywood shit in it, really. Then your ex-wife and your current wife plus one what the fuck are you talking about so that doesn't make sense and that's what you gotta do that's bro. right two families and if i could just teach, so you have three kids yeah if I could, and you want fourth kid my daughter has no time for me i love her but she's 15 she's like i got a boyfriend i got friends I'm 
Yeah, and Daddy also might be a rapist. You know, that might also be a part. Yeah. Like, hey, how you doing? You know, can I see you? She's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and I, there's no, I will not see her. You having fun though? I will not see her. She's too busy. My son, though, is 11. I still got him. And I got my 16-month. If I could play with my 16-month-old yeah. and I could teach my son things like martial arts. <laughs> Come on, man. Boxing. What are you going to do? Use some of that. <laughs> Boxing you've been doing? <laughs> I fucking love Will Sasso, man. Will Sasso is one of the biggest losses to ever happen to the T5K universe. Him, Prime, Crystalia, Fear Vaughn, obviously. But honestly, Will Sasso, that era was fucking incredible, boy. And this is ob- and this is obviously one of the only pods also where Brendan actually played second, third fiddle really well. He actually let these two guys rift and vibe and he was just lobbing up shit. Like, he actually... You know, not wanting to be the center of attention all the time. Like even the seating, look, he's not sat in the middle like he always is like a fucking commander of the fucking navy. Like he was legitimately like allowing the the more funnier guys in the room to have their thing and he was just adding a bit here and there. This is probably his most well behaved. Oh, you fucking disrespect. <laughs> yeah. Jiu I love it. If I could just hang with him and 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 Explore different kinds of music. We're not here start no trouble. We're everybody do the sex offender shuffle. Oh, I love it, man. Rape me. But yeah, sex offender shuffle, rape me at the end. Absolutely epic stuff. And then moving on from that one, um, we've got Andrew Dice Clay making a you know, explaining what he liked about Joe Rogan's comedy the first time he saw him. But I don't think he's realizing that it doesn't come across great. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay is fucking amazing, man. Uh, <laughs> listen to him speak about the first time he saw Joe Rogan do stand-up comedy. It's not the most glowing endorsement. I don't think so, anyway. Oh, sorry, it's got... And it's you... Full force. I mean, screaming at the crowd. And what made it even better, <laughs> you number one, you were doing time. And you were just going ballistic. I thought you were going to start breaking the stool. I, I mean, you just, you know, you were also just... And... <laughs> you were just screaming. <laughs> Fucking the stool to bits. <laughs> That's not the best endorsement. That's not the best way to describe somebody, but it is quite accurate, right? He just saw Rogan screaming at the audience and fucking the store to bits until it was a pile of fucking pieces of wood on the stage. Oh, fucking hell, man. Incredible. I love Andrew Dice. Dice, man, it's fucking amazing. Um, some people didn't like the fucking episode because they felt like he was sucking up to Rogan too much. The energy was a bit off, but I did enjoy that, to be fair. Um, also, I feel like there needs to be... Um, actually, let me say this. Yeah, there needs to be an end. I feel like comedians need to chill out with the crowd work material clips. Like, enough is enough. No more, please. Because I feel like this clip, specifically from Crystalia, doesn't need to exist. Obviously, because of him being a potential pedo, we don't want to see it anyway. But just in terms of why does this exist? Why do you need to share this? I don't get it. It doesn't matter in any way, shape or form. 
No one cares about the backstory. No one cares about the interaction. It was funny when you were there. Crowd work stuff just needs to end. Like already, I feel like it's a disservice to fans when you do crowd work anyway, as a stand-up comedian. You should be putting bits together, like fucking write some jokes for fuck's sake. Like, come on. Just asking people where they're from and riffing on where they're from and if they're gay and if they're not. Has she got big boobs? This guy's black, this guy's Chinese. Like, that's so hacky to me personally. Like, come on. Like, actually craft some jokes like write some stuff like that's the hard bit so i feel like crowd work is lazy and, and annoying but even if you do do it it's i feel like it's only funny in the moment it's like it's like retelling a fucking dream you know what i mean no one fucking cares it's not interesting like it's only funny if you're fucking dreaming it yourself so i feel like crowd work just needs to end personally me no fan of crowd work but anyway this is crystalia crowd work which i feel like doesn't shouldn't exist Calm down. Only just laugh and don't laugh. That's it. Just laugh and don't laugh. You don't have to do the dancing like the fucking asshole that you were doing. You mean in the beginning? I was up here and she was like doing it like this, like it's her show. You're like, oh, we gotta go. This is not good. One thing I've noticed though about Chris Lee's stand-up comedy from the clips I've seen so far, he definitely looks a little bit apprehensive on stage, and he definitely doesn't look as confident. And also, he's that whole kiddie voice is gone. It's only me. I feel like he had a very like, yeah, yeah, goo goo gaga type of voice whenever he was on stage. It was really strange. Like he spoke like a teenager or something. But even like, you know, you know what I mean? Like back then he spoke like really like he had this weird aff affliction, I don't know, inflection, whatever in his voice. It's definitely changed. He's definitely not sounding as kiddish anymore, but still he looks like a shell of the man clearly on stage. Like, you know, that's the face of a man that's been through some shit. That's also a face of a man that may drink a bit or may pop a couple of pills, you know, allegedly. But yeah, let's continue. Just laugh, just laugh or don't laugh. Cause, cause you know what happens though? He'll throw you out. <laughs> and he does it like this from the feet. So just chill. I appreciate you liking me, but you're liking me in the wrong way, okay? And also, you're not a child, so, you know, stop. You want me to get her now? Here we go. Just fucking... <laughs> oh, no, the cops are here. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, fuck, she has to go. Oh, well, let's just wait it out. I feel bad, but in a way, you made your bed, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it needs to be a ban on all crowd work on social media sharing as clips because, I don't know, maybe it's me. If I'm a fan, I'm not coming to watch you perform on stage because of some crowd work bit you did. I'm coming on there because I think you're funny on pods. I've watched your specials and shit. That's why I'm coming. But I'm not coming to see you because of shitty crowd work bits. I'm not. And I just think in general, it doesn't do him any favours because this is just terrible, personally for me. Like, this was probably funny in a moment because I'm sure the woman, whoever it was, was doing some crazy shit. You probably saw her doing some crazy shit. That made you laugh. Chris Leah saw it too. He recognised it. The, the security coming, people fucking around and panicking. That's the funny bit, in the moment. But this recording of the stuff and put, it's just like enough man enough i've had enough with crowd work bits on social media all comedians must end crowd work bits please stop but also cancel culture maybe does work a tiny bit 
because Chris Alia looks like a fucking shadow of his former self. That guy looks bloated. He looks tired. He looks like he's aged a million years. Um, the hairline keeps going further and further back. Um, yeah, it's not looking good for the boy. It's not looking good for the boy. He maybe is a fan of little girls, allegedly. But hey, what do I know? What do I know? Moving on from that, we've got a clip here that I also have talking about Rogan, talking about his... Again, this is something that I kind of... This is my only hot take I have here. I'm on my own here. But am I the only person who feels like when Rogan does these little... When Rogan shares these little anecdotes or stories about his life and speaks about people without mentioning their names... Imagine any person who feels like if that was, if I felt like it was me he was speaking to, I'll be a little bit offended, a little bit pissed off that he doesn't have the decency to just tell me to my face or be up front. And he does this whole like speaking through his podcast thing because he knows his podcast is the most popular podcast in the world. And everyone's listening to it. If he is speaking about you, more likely you're going to hear about it. Somebody's going to let you know. I just don't really like it. I think it's a little bit done in poor taste a little bit classless maybe it's just me i'm looking too much into it but this is a clip where rogan talks about his alleged quote-unquote sloppy friend now this could be burt kreischer it could also be brendan shorp but it's some it's somehow him you know in a in a weird way mentioning it without mentioning it so this is a clip here let me see if i can play it for you guys feeling great sober you know sober sober boss how crazy is that how long have you been sober for? Oh, you know, I, I do drink here and there like a glass of wine or something. <laughs> Sorry. Before we get to the most important part, Bass Rutten is the most, like, is the, in the most L.A. version of sober I've ever heard in my entire life. L.A. New Age version of sober. You celebrate the sober tag and you use it as a badge of honor. The fact that you've taken the decision to abstain from drugs and alcohol because it's been destructive to your life and you want to live a most, you know, whatever conscious life, sober life, whatever it may be. It takes a lot of courage to do that. A lot of kind of, you know, a lot of, a lot of willpower, a lot of determination, a lot of self-discipline, prayer, whatever it may be. You do that. You see the benefits of it and you're sticking with it. It's hard, but you're sticking with it. And then you say, no, 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 no. I'm not that sober. I'm actually, I still have a drink of wine here and there, you know, drink a glass of wine with some with some dinner with the wife how can i say no <laughs> i just love that side of things where in this era we want all the praise for doing the thing but don't actually do the thing love it something but uh yeah for a while i think for the last five years yeah i'm taking it down to that myself i enjoy the marijuana and i enjoy some other stuff that's that's safe and effective but uh, I am pretty much done with heavy drinking. I had a friend recently that got <laughs> off the rails drunk, and it was so sad to watch. He was so debilitated that I was like, I think I might be done. Yeah. It was it was awful. You it's... see, just real. when you're sober and you see someone just <clears throat> shit-faced, obliterated, can't, can't form sentences. Yeah. <sighs> How would you feel if, if he was talking about you and he said that? Wouldn't that make you feel like shit? <laughs> That Rogan is taking a somewhat private encounter that you had together and essentially using it as the basis of him changing his entire life and then broadcasting it to the, his audience of millions and painting you out to be a fucking alcoholic. <laughs> Again, it could be anybody. It could be Burt Kreischer. Someone said Shane. It could be Brendan Schaub. I feel like Joe Rogan does this a lot. He sends messages to his friends 
through his podcast without actually telling him. And I don't know, part of me will feel a little bit annoyed about it. It's cool that I'm friends with Rogan. I can you call him as a friend. We can hang out, have drinks. That's the cool part. But as a human, I'd be a little bit annoyed that he uses me as a fucking anecdote or as a topic as a, for his fucking pod or something. I don't know. It run me up the wrong way, if that was me personally. But maybe I'm looking too much into it. Um, people are saying Shane 100%. Um, he could say it right to Pepe if he'd go over his head. Yeah, true, Koyla. That's true. He, he probably, you know, I'm sure he's not the type of person that shies away from a, from a confrontation, so I'm sure he would do it. Samantha B said Shane. Um, yeah, everybody's saying Shane. Cool. Okay, people are saying Shane all, all here, really, to be fair. No one's really saying Brendan. But it could be Brendan, it could be Bert. I just think if it was me and I was those people at the end of it, I'll be a little bit aggrieved if that was me, personally. This is a fucking amazing clip. This is an amazing clip. Because this is what... This is what denial looks like. This is what delusion looks like. In its real, purest form. I swear on my life, this is delusion. And in its purest form. And lack of self-awareness is purest form, personally for me. You can't get any better than this. But I've also, I'm at a point now with this person where I feel like they're getting so much criticism for their lifestyle choices that I might have to be the contrarian that lives deep inside of me and latch onto the thing of like, hey, if they want to live their life this way, just let them. Who gives a fuck? They clearly don't, they clearly like it. They clearly don't give a fuck. So why should you? That's where I'm getting at. But I feel like their answer here was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly lacking in self-awareness and very delusional, personally. Let's play it here. And I started drinking with the Russian Mafia. That's when I really started drinking in life. But you're not, you would not consider yourself a problematic drinker. I'm definitely not. Definitely not. I'm definitely not. Um, you drink to have fun, but not drink because you're like, if I don't drink, I'm, I'm fucked. You, you no. don't consider yourself an alcoholic. I'm 100% not an alcoholic. That's <laughs> What? <laughs> but Crasher gets asked categorically, do you consider yourself an alcoholic? He says, no. <laughs> and you're like, excuse me? <laughs> but we all do. Everybody else thinks you're an alcoholic, but you don't. How is that possible? <laughs> Especially when you consider that we don't see him drinking day to day, right? We don't, we're not in his life. And he probably tells us a sanitized, censored version of what he gets up to because it got to a point now where I think he's probably fed up with everybody getting, you know, sticking their nose in and trying to give him advice and what to do. That he probably refuses to share some bits or does what most addicts do, myself included, where you maybe play down how much you did, how much you didn't do. And I'm sure he does that. So the fact that he's saying that as an answer is fucking insane. The fact that he did it so quickly also is a sign of how... Libby, how how in denial he is. Let's do it again one more time. Because you're like, if I don't drink, I'm, I'm fucked. You you no. don't consider yourself an alcoholic. I'm a hundred percent not an alcoholic. That's consider yourself an alcoholic. I'm a hundred percent not an alcoholic. Consider yourself an alcoholic. I'm a hundred percent not an alcoholic. That's awesome. Good. The that is crazy, especially when you look at him in this picture. Don't get me wrong. It's not the best representation, but he's wearing like a red jersey and a red hat, and his face is super red. And for the longest time, Bert would always say this is because of his rashes. He's got some sort of allergy thing, which I'm sure is true. He probably has some sort of eczema or psoriasis, I'm sure. But it's probably not helped with the drinking. I'm sure drinking the way he does isn't going to help things. Yeah, what's we just saying? Yeah, literally every alcoholic on earth has said that exactly. He'd been going through hard for 30 years. Kevin Smith looks like if Jake the snake got bit by his own snake. But I also think in my eyes, I'm getting to the point now where I feel like people should just leave Bert alone. If he wants to be 
a raging alcoholic, why can't he be? That's the thing that I'm kind of in two minds of now. The contrarian that lives inside of me just wants to say, just let him do what he wants. If he wants to be an alcoholic, if he wants to fuck himself over, damage his liver, shorten his lifespan, look like a fucking exploding, you know, saveloy and have that crazy stomach, leave him. He clearly doesn't mind it. I don't see why it's an issue for people that he should stop. I know it's obviously destructive and maybe some people look at it like, hey man, you got everything in life given to you. Um, you're now in this amazing no I'll give it to you well you worked hard for your your career and you've you got all these amazing you know benefits from it you've been able to be a multi-millionaire many times over because of your you know jokes that you tell on stage you've got the best life why are you taking it for granted I get that side of things but he clearly doesn't care that much his family don't give a shit as that much either because it's providing them with a cushy lifestyle so I don't see the issue of it personally I'm getting to a point where I'm kind of like let him live exactly um, Robert Henry Poe if he dies he dies like just let him do his thing I don't honestly I know it's I know it's bad to say and it's clearly not the thing that you'd want to encourage but he doesn't care they don't care he's having a good time clearly loving life like and he clearly doesn't think he's an alcoholic so <laughs> what can we tell him <laughs> you know <laughs> guy's a grown man he's in like he's 50s or something if he hasn't figured it out by now that he can't be like college frat boy his entire life then he's never gonna figure it out really in my opinion um but yeah what do you guys think the machine hasn't even made seven million on a 20 million budget plus 20 million on marketing his movie career is over and killed over other comedians chances of getting them. <laughs> actually good point marty we talking about that movie oh <laughs> again <clears throat> i like to always share very 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 unpopular opinions here no um robert henry poet says but according to a zinger he will outlive all outlive them all i'm still dying on that hill robert henry poet i don't care this is my hot take of all hot takes i've always said this i still think burt kreischer will end up outliving all of his comedic peers life is just unfair like that the guy that doesn't take any care in him care about you know doesn't look after his health doesn't take care of his fitness or anything or do anything to concerning fitness that would only be any way beneficial there's a person that usually outlives everybody else many of you people have had the same people in your family the ones who smoke 20 packs of cigarettes a day that drink all the time and live fruitful lives until they're you know in their high 80s or 90s and die of natural causes not even fucking anything to do with you know stuff to do with cancer or whatnot alcoholism it's just from natural causes it happens all the time and i have a funny dealing bait bert bait bert crash will be another example of it especially with these comedians who all think they're super healthy like brendan thinks he's super healthy joe rogan thinks he's super healthy all these guys that take a million and one supplements and steroids and nicotine pouches and drinking whiskey all the time and drinking around the clock and living on a comedian's diet of like fast food and dive bars and all this like all those guys i think they're healthy they will end up i think hitting the can um RIPing, whatever it may be way before burt kreischer will any way shape or form i don't care i bet you any money i bet you life is just unfair like that because everybody online is like kind of rooting for him to die so they can prove their you know their kind of hypothesis right that he's you know an alcoholic and should stop but i think it's gonna actually be the opposite he's gonna outlive everybody you just watch, watch wait wait and see 
wait and see if you're not long if you're not around to wait and see then we'll send you an email don't worry <laughs> moving on curse the guardian and bouncing off of what marty moose said the machine reviews are in and they're not good don't get me wrong there's talk about the movie not breaking even in the movie in the theaters which is understandable considering most movies just cost too much to make anyway so it's hard to break even in the first place um and also, you know, it was not the most heavily marketed movie. It wasn't available in in a lot of places, especially here internationally in the UK. It was only available for like one date um, to watch across cinemas. If you weren't around, you couldn't watch it. So that's annoying. So all those things kind of hamper this opening day release. But I'm not surprised that with some reviewers, it's not doing that great, considering that, you know, it's not a movie that is involved in the culture war stuff. It's not a movie that's going to be platforming people in diversity nonsense. It's just a movie about a fucking self-indulgent drunk dude that made up this story, right? There's nothing else to it. It's not going to tick any other boxes. So it's not surprising. It's not going to do well with these kind of review platforms like The Guardian. Um, but I'm also wouldn't be surprised if people who watched it actually said it's fun and interesting and a good time. Because like I said before, there's so many movies in Hollywood and the cinemas now in the movies where they're just super ideologically possessed. Loads of politics ingrained in it. It's hard to kind of get in on it and kind of vibe with it and make, you know, have a good time with these sort of things. So it wouldn't surprise me if this movie does well just because it's just decent. You know what I mean? That's what it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case. If it's just decent enough, ticks the boxes, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if that's the case. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but yeah, so far in The Guardian, is saying that it didn't do well. So it kind of is what it is, isn't it? It kind of is what it is. Big up Bert for doing kind of well and not doing well and doing kind of well and not doing well. Anyways. This has been episode number 113 of The Random Show. Thanks for tuning in as per usual. Been a pleasure to have your company. If it's the first time checking out the show, please make sure you smash the likes for me down below. That'd be greatly appreciated. Um, there'll be another episode coming up soon after this, so don't delay. If you feel like this is a bit rushed, I will have time to come back. Do not hesitate and do not worry. Do not fret. I will be back very soon. But for now, we'll have to end it and I'll be back again very, very soon. Take care, my friends. Peace.